Bienvenido a Kaiser Permanente. El doctor ya te puede ver. Verá que aunque eres muy activo, ahora te cansas más rápido de lo normal. Verá que a menudo almuerzas comida rápida. Verá que pones a tu familia primero y tu salud tiende a caer en segundo o tercer lugar. Y claro que verá que tienes el azúcar alto, igual que tu papá. En Kaiser Permanente trabajamos juntos para ver todo lo que tú eres y darte el cuidado que tú mereces. Kaiser Permanente, para todo lo que tú eres. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello Cleveland, welcome to a new episode of the 1085 Grand Air Podcast. I am your host, Anthony Jokey, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host of Big Play Sports, Jack McCurry. How are you doing today, Jack? Doing well, doing well. One week from today, man, we are going to be celebrating our first opening season opening win since 2004 uh it's hard to believe the all season has come and gone and it's uh we're in game week now yeah i can't i can't believe we're finally to this point uh it's been a very 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 long off season with um, a lot of nonsensical topic talking points and i'm just glad that this week we finally get to discuss real football and on uh, today's episode, we're going to be talking about all the roster cuts, um, some of the moves that they made. They made a couple of trades. Uh, they claimed a couple players. Uh, so we'll break down the, everything that went on uh, with the roster cut situation and look at how look at how the final roster kind of shook out. I think we're going to start with uh, one move that is extremely puzzling to everybody, but uh, as some more details have leaked out. Um, it makes a little bit more sense. Uh, earlier today, uh, Field Yates of ESPN reported that the Browns have cut Greg Robinson. Um, obviously, everybody looked at, well, does this mean they're trading for Trent Williams? What does this mean? How are we going to go into week one with questions that left tackle again like we did last year? And, and um, as time went on, more details leaked out. Tom Pelissero said the Browns intend to, to re-sign him. Um, by all accounts, it looks like this was a move to keep uh, or to put Drew Forbes on the IR uh, designated to return list. As long as you put on IR after um, the 53-man the is set, then you're able to be 
able to put on that designated to return list. So they cut Robinson, kept Drew Forbes. Now they're going to place Forbes on IR and re-sign Robinson probably tomorrow or Tuesday. Jack, when, when you look at this entire situation, uh, how big of a gamble is it to take cutting your starting left tackle in order to preserve a move like this? I don't think it's a big gamble at all. I mean, I think we can all say with no uncertainty that Greg Robinson's not desired around the National Football League. And when you look at it, the Browns did this because it was the cheapest way to preserve Drew Forbes, who they are clearly high on and uh, are hopeful that he can make a contribution, whether it's later this season when he comes back from injury or down the road. Um, he made big strides from day one of camp all the way up until his injury uh, Thursday night against Detroit. So I think they're clearly high on him. They didn't want to lose his rights. And in order to do it, they cut Robinson. And, you know, this will be a story that will just get swept under the rug because Robinson will get re-signed on Monday and we'll move forward. He'll be our left tackle at least for this year. And um We'll see how it goes. Um, I'm not too worried. I don't think this is a Carlos Boozer uh, situation, much like people were comparing it on social media. Uh, Robinson will be here, and that's that. Yeah, and it's an interesting way to get Drew Forbes on a designated to return list. Um, he did go down with an injury in that last preseason game. Um, it's not too serious, but he won't be ready for a few weeks, so getting him on a designated to return list uh, down the road uh, could be beneficial for the Browns. Hopefully, you know, all the rest of the linemen stay healthy and, you know, they don't need him. Uh, I think he's a player that they're very high on. Um, and maybe next year he's someone that could uh, maybe contribute uh, as a starter. Um, a couple of other moves that they made that we'll discuss before getting to the, the big roster cuts is uh, the Browns claimed three players off of waivers. Uh, linebacker Malik Jefferson, who was the 2018 third-round pick of the Bengals last year. Uh, Ricky Seals-Jones, who's a wide receiver converted to tight end for the Arizona Cardinals. And wide receiver Kadero Hodge, uh, who is with the Los Angeles Rams. Um, obviously, the, the Rams have a, a plethora of wide receivers, so uh, there's always going to be somebody on their cut list. Jack, when you look at these three players, who do you think could have the most impact for the Browns? I would say I would say Ricky Seal Jones because when you look at how our offensive line has played, it, it's, it hasn't been pretty. And we've been looking for that third tight end who essentially could be the blocking tight end to replace Darren Fells. I think Ricky Seal Jones can do just that. He had a high grade on pro football focus for pass blocking, but I've seen some people say that it was in limited uh, production. So you know, that stat could be misleading, definitely. But I do think he could be the one that would <clears throat> essentially make the biggest impact because if he can help Greg Robinson or Chris Hubbard in the uh, pass protection to keep Baker Mayfield upright, then it's going to bode well for the Browns' offense going forward. Um, I think Malik Jefferson could definitely help in special teams. And, you know, Kadero Hodge, he'll definitely be more of a special teams guy. Um, he was productive in the preseason, albeit around a ton of talent at the wide receiver position for the Rams. But all in all, I would definitely say Ricky Seal-Jones will make the biggest impact out of those three uh, waiver claims. 
Yeah, I think uh, Seals Jones um, is the leader in the clubhouse in terms of potentially making an impact for the Browns. Um, you know, being a wide receiver, converting to tight end, um, he could have the ability to, to make some plays uh, in a passing game. We'll see how they decide to use him. Obviously, you still have David Njoku, Demetrius Harris, and Farrell Brown ahead of him. I'm not sure how much longer Farrell Brown is going to be here, but those are going to be your three tight ends uh, or four tight ends for the Browns this year, uh, at least for right now. Um, Malik Jefferson got pretty decent reviews in terms of special teams. Um, so, you know, it's always nice to have those kind of players on special teams. They did release um, – Ray Ray Armstrong, who was pretty good on special teams, so hopefully Malik Jefferson can fill that role. Uh, Kadero Hodge, um, I- I'm not entirely sure where he's going to fit in with this uh, Browns team. Uh, it must just be on special teams, but uh, you already have a crowded wide receiver room, and he's probably only biding his time until Antonio Callaway comes back from suspension. So, um, It'll be interesting to see how these three players uh, fare for the Browns. I'm not sure the plan is to keep them here long-term, but hopefully one, one or if not all of them can make an impact for the Browns uh, as we move forward. Uh, the Browns also uh, made a couple of trades. They acquired Taewon Taylor, a wide receiver from the Tennessee Titans, and they also acquired Justin McCray, a guard from the Green Bay Packers. Jack, when you look at these two players uh, that they acquired via trade, uh, what sense do you get of the kind of impact that they'll make for the Browns? Well, first of all, shout out to the Orange and Brown Report because they reported on Friday afternoon, evening, that the Browns were interested in Taiwan Taylor going all the way back into the beginning of the offseason. And, you know, they were looking for another wide receiver clearly uh, behind what they already had in Beckham, Higgins, and Landry. Taiwan Taylor was he was productive down in Tennessee, albeit behind uh, a b- bad quarterback play by Marcus Mariota and, you know, being overshadowed by other guys on the offense like Derrick Henry, Corey Davis, among others. But he's definitely productive. You know, he is a speedster guy. He's a guy who can go downfield, uh, stretch the field much like a Beckham or a Higgins. And it's going to be interesting to see what they do with him. He's I've seen people say, oh, he's primarily a slot guy 84 percent of his snaps were on the outside and i i'm interested to see what they're going to do maybe they rotate higgins and taylor on the outside opposite beckham because we all know jarvis landry is going to be primarily the, the slot receiver on this team so i think taylor's really going to help mccray i find very interesting obviously the green bay connection so you had that dorsey elliot wolf alonzo highsmith connection there with green bay um, you look at his numbers through Pro Football Focus. He gave up five sacks last year, 15 hurries, a lot, uh, 21 pressures. So the the talent must be there. And the offensive line coach James Campen, who came from Green Bay, clearly saw something in McCray, and I'm sure the front office had a say in it as well for the Browns to make a move like this. And they also picked up Wyatt Teller um, prior to the fourth preseason game. So. Clearly, Dorsey knew that the offensive line needed some depth, needed some talent, so he went out and got some. And, you know, it just shows that Dorsey is going to be aggressive in 
finding people to fit on this roster because he knows that with all the talent that's on this Browns roster, we're in win now mode, not just for this year, but for down the road. So he's not going to leave a stone unturned if he can find talent that will add to this team. Absolutely. And, you know, when you look at all the talent that he's added to this team over the last couple of years, uh, it's just a, a laundry list of, of players. And, and even some of the under-the-radar moves, uh, like a Devereaux Lawrence, who has made an impact this preseason and looks to make a, make an impact as we move towards the regular season. Um, you know, some of those some of those moves, uh, you know, like I said, went under the radar, and you know, hopefully those can pay off as we get into the season here. Um, you know, depth moves are something the the Browns were definitely looking to do this off season. Um, you know, last year they were able to piece together uh, quality starters at, at uh, pretty much every position, but they, they lacked the depth uh, when some players got hurt. So I'm glad to see that we're at a point to where. When we're talking about these roster spots, uh, 45 to 53, that these are hard decisions. And when those are hard decisions, you have a really good football team. Um, when you're able to sacrifice or have to sacrifice some of the depth that you have, uh, you got a good thing going for you. And I'm glad to see we're finally at that point because, you know, the last 20 years, uh, the cupboard has been pretty bare uh, in terms of. Uh, a talented roster so i'm glad we're at the point to where you know we can't contend for the playoffs and hopefully we can do it for multiple years based on the different talent that we have absolutely and the fact that we have an aggressive front office that is willing to make moves for the betterment of the team not just for the immediate but also for the future and you know to see what dorsey has done in a little less than two years to go from 0-16 to a potential Super Bowl contender, it just shows that not only do we have this young nucleus of talent, but we also have an aggressive front office that's not uh, afraid to take chances on players or making bold moves to for the betterment of the team. All right, when you look at the overall uh, 53-man roster, as it sits right now, uh, and we'll include Greg Robinson in there because they expect to re-sign him. Uh, hopefully that's not an issue. Uh, as you look at this 53-man roster, Jack, uh, where do you see this roster going? Uh, how do you like a setup? Uh, is it too heavy on one side or the other? What's your overall takeaway from this roster at this point? Uh, it's about as what I expected. I mean, I did miss on some of my 53-man roster predictions, but I'm sure no one out there had the perfect one, um, whether they want to say they did or didn't, but... You know, when I look at it, I think it's about as expected. I mean, we knew that there was going to be three quarterbacks on the roster, even though some people didn't want three quarterbacks. Um, you know, the running back situation, Chubb, Hilliard, and D. Ernest Johnson, uh, that's about what everybody expected, the wide receiver room. Although I would say Derek Willies probably should have made the roster over Damian Ratley, but I get that Dorsey's going to keep his guys. I mean, every GM does that. They keep their guys on the roster. Uh, Willie's made the practice squad, so, you know, glad that the Browns were able to hold on to him. Uh, tight end, I see Pharaoh Brown. I'm surprised he's on the roster. Maybe in 24 hours he won't be. Uh, you know, my biggest concern overall is the offensive line because when you go back and you watch that Tampa game, it, they were shaky. And outside of Batonio and Treader. I mean, 
there is a lot of question marks along that offensive line now. Like we stated just a, a couple minutes ago, Dorsey was aggressive, went out and added some depth, but you just got to hope that, you know, they weren't, they were hiding stuff in that Tampa game and that Kitchens is going to pull out the quick passing attack that they had in the second half of the year and Baker's able to get the ball out quickly because if he doesn't, then it's not going to be the magical season everybody's expecting it to be because if that offensive line can't give Baker time or if Baker can't get that ball out quickly, it's going to be a disaster. But all in all, when I look at this roster, it's about what I expected. And, you know, I'm just ready for this season to get started because the amount of talent on this roster, there is no excuse that the Browns should not be competing in not only the AFC North, but in the AFC in general uh, by the end of the season. Yeah, you know, one, one of the points we haven't discussed, and I think we'll talk about it uh, on our preview episode of the NFL, is, you know, the Andrew Luck thing and how, you know, that impacts the Browns potentially making the playoffs and, and making a deep run in the playoffs. We'll talk about that down the road, but, um, you know, this Browns team is certainly able to compete right now. At least everybody expects it to be. Uh, on paper, they certainly look that way as well. Um, so th- there's definitely a, an opportunity for this roster to, um, be special and, and uh, some, bring some special football back to Cleveland, something we haven't had here in, in many, many years. And I, I think we're all excited, uh, especially me, who was lucky enough to, to get season tickets before they sold out, um, to, to go down there and watch uh, eight games of, of good football. And hopefully uh, throughout the season, uh, they're able to consistently uh, put forth that kind of product on the field. Uh, Jack, looking at the, the O-line, um, specifically, they did bring in uh, Wyatt Teller at right guard. Uh, you know they have Eric Kush who started there um, over Austin Corbett. Who do you see starting Week One, and do you think that Teller will be able to uh, push push Kush out of that spot uh, and start Week One? You know, Friday, Freddie Kitchen said Eric Kush is our right guard. As we speak, that leads me to think that they're going to let Wyatt Teller come in this week and get his shot at right guard. They may even let Justin McCray get his shot because he has experience at right guard as well. I would like to think because of the continuity that right now they'll go with Eric Cush. But if they it comes down to Friday or whatever or Sunday at kickoff and Eric, and Wyatt Teller rolls out there with the first team, I wouldn't be shocked because when you look at what he did in Buffalo during the second half of the year last year, when he only allowed, I think one pressure per game. And that's as a late round rookie getting thrust into an offensive line. That's pretty good. And that shows that he's got upside. So if they think that Teller's the better option, get him out there because that dude looks like a mauler, looks like a guy that wants to get better and that's getting better. And when I seen Eric Cush getting, you know, manhandled for the most part by Nadama Kinsu, which isn't a surprising thing because that's what Nadama Kinsu does, it makes me think that he might not be as good as, you know, pro football focus said he was when the Browns signed him back in March. Yeah, I think he could definitely uh, push uh, Eric Cush out of that spot. Uh, for uh, the first week, um, you know, hopefully it's a long-term solution to uh, our right guard position, and uh, it costs us. It was a fifth and sixth round pick, right, or was it sixth and seventh? 
No, it was a fifth and a sixth, yeah. and we got a seventh back. Okay. I, I knew there was a seven in there uh, somewhere. But anyway, you know, if you're able to solve your right guard position uh, for that low of compensation uh, for, the, for the near future, um, you know, credit to John Dorsey. I think he still has three years left on his rookie deal. Um, so hopefully that gives him a fair shakeout. And, and, it's, and it's an inexpensive option uh, for a team who in a couple of years will have uh, some hard decisions to make in terms of the salary cap. But we're not going to dive deep into that uh, at this point. This is way too early to do that. Um, but this offensive line uh, has a lot to prove, I think. And I think it's the, the unit on this Browns roster uh, that has the most to prove. Um, you know, it obviously has the biggest questions, uh, the most questions. Um, so hopefully this unit uh, is able to give Baker the time that he needs. And to me, the, the running game didn't look as great uh, in the preseason either. And that's where they're really going to have to step up because the Browns want to run the football. Uh, you have two dynamic running backs, Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. So running the football is going to be just as important to them. And this offensive line has to be a cohesive unit in order to get to that point. Um, if they're not able to, uh, the passing game is only going to suffer uh, from that. So hopefully this O-line can put it together and um, you know protect Baker and open up some holes in the running game. Jack, when you look at this defense, um, after all the cuts and after all the different moves that were made, uh, what do you see as their, their overall um, impact and, and what they can do this season on defense? Well, it all starts up front, and as we see in the Tampa game, that defensive front is going to come at offensive lines and quarterbacks with a fury. And, they're, and the fact that they got depth behind that first-team defense, defensive line this makes it feel so much better. We've seen what Devereaux Lawrence can do in the preseason. Granted, it was behind backup offensive lines, but he was dominant. Four sacks, I think he had 11 pressures. Like, this is everything we hoped that defensive tackle spot would be um, in terms of the depth, yeah. Uh, you know, Chris Smith, we know what he can be. Jannard Avery had a fantastic rookie year. He's going to be in packages, and you know I wouldn't be surprised if he's in first-team packages where he's coming off the edge, uh, either alongside Garrett or Vernon. And then Equale made some plays, and you know Chad Thomas, you know he hasn't shown anything, but much like Damian Ratley, we knew he was going to make the roster because that's the front office's guy, and they get the edge over people, unfortunately. I was disappointed Anthony Zettel didn't make the team because I thought, you know, obviously he was better than some guys like Chad Thomas, but unfortunately it's a numbers game. Um, you know, with the secondary, you know, I think they're going to benefit a lot. Uh, you know, the fact that Greedy Williams doesn't have to come in and play right away, he could sit behind Mitchell and Ward, I think it's going to make him better. The only thing I'm worried about is the depth at safety behind Randall because it, outside of Randall, none of these guys, Burnett, Whitehead, Murray, and Redwine, really flashed anything during the preseason. So that's my biggest concern on the defense. But all in all, I feel quite confident that this defense could be a top 10, top 5 um, defense in the NFL this year. It's just the safety position is the most concerning, but I feel like with a strong pass rush, which we have, 
I think it'll clean up any potential flaws that are in the secondary or the linebacker position. Yeah, you know, I don't know if this defense has to be that. You know, I don't think they have to be a top five defense. I don't think they have to be a top ten defense. Because when you look at the offense and the firepower uh, that they potentially possess, um, you know, you're going to be putting up a lot of points. The defense just has to get you uh, from point A to point B and, and be efficient. Uh, I don't think they have to be, uh, like I said, a top 10 defense. Maybe if they're a top half of the league, so a top 16, uh, I think that's more than enough to make the playoffs. And at that point, um, you know, it'll be interesting matchups uh, based on the, the teams that are left. But uh, I think that there's really not a lot of pressure on the defense. And I, I think that's going to be beneficial uh, to what is still a, a pretty young defense when you look at Denzel Ward, uh, Miles Garrett, uh, Ogan Joby, uh, some of the other guys on that defense. Um, they're still pretty young. So when you look, the pressure is off, I, I think that this defense is still going to perform. Um, I'm curious to see how they're able to uh, keep some of the, the various passing attacks that they'll face uh, at, at bay uh, as we go throughout the season, uh, what the new defensive coordinator Steve Wilkes is going to do uh, to combat that. Um, but as we get deeper uh, into the regular season, I think that this defense is really going to gel together and show that they're a really good unit. And uh, I think this defense is going to prove uh, that they're kind of underrated going into this year. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing what they do. And it definitely should be uh, – it definitely should have a huge impact on the way the season turns out. Like I said, I don't think they have to be a top 10, but uh, as long as they're uh, efficient throughout the rest of the season, um, they'll, they'll be all right in, in that aspect. All right, as we kind of wrap up here, uh, we wanted to look at some of the cuts that they made and, and talk about some of the more um, notable ones. And, and I think the maybe the most notable one is that the Browns decided to keep the Scottish Hammer over Brittany Colquitt. Um, they did also keep Austin Seibert uh, over Greg Joseph. So, Jack, as we go into the season here, week one, uh, the Browns have a, a rookie kicker and a rookie punter. Uh, is that a recipe for success, or is there a disaster looming on the other side of this? Well, you hope it's a recipe for success. Um, I forget which national media person it was. I think it was Andrew Siciliano. And he was like, you mean to tell me a team – that has playoff and potential Super Bowl aspirations is rolling with a rookie punter who has never really held before outside of camp and preseason. And they're also going with a rookie kicker. I think it's very bold. And, you know, I thought they would keep Colquitt. I predicted that they keep Gillian over him, but I didn't really think they'd do it, but we'll see how it plays out. Um, one scenario I heard was that, you know, maybe they have Gillian be the long range kicker. Now we've seen in camp that he can kick 50, even 60. And I think he even hit one from like 67. So if cyber or Siebert, I'm sorry, can't get the long range kicks in, maybe they go with Gillian in that scenario, but then who do you have holding for him in that scenario? So it's all just a hypothetical 
I just think this is really bold, and it can either lead us to a playoff appearance and maybe even farther than that, or it's all going to blow up in our faces and we're going to be scouring for a kicker or maybe even a punter by like week four or five because it's an unmitigated disaster. Yeah, hopefully uh, it's not a disaster and they're able to uh, have quality seasons. Um, uh, I think Siebert, it's going to take me forever to pronounce his name correctly, but uh, I think Siebert um, definitely showed some flashes in the preseason of what he can be. Uh, hopefully he can keep it together uh, throughout the entire regular season. I, I think that neon shoe that he was wearing has some kind of magical powers in it because it seemed to solve some of his problems. Um, so uh, we'll see how it turns out. Uh, like you said, hopefully it's not a disaster because that could definitely spell disaster uh, to our playoff chances down the road. Um, looking at some of the, the other notable cuts, uh, you know, a fan favorite, Damian Sheehy Giuseppe uh, was cut, um, as well as a couple others. Jack, when you look at uh, the other cuts that were made, uh, did any really shock you much, or were they about what you expected? It was about what I expected. I was hoping, and it sounded like leading up to before the cuts that Seth Deval was going to make the team whether as the third or fourth tight end or maybe even a fullback. But I think it was clear that, you know, the Browns had their concerns about his durability. And, you know, maybe he just needed a fresh start somewhere else. He was the only player that got cut, that got uh, picked up on waiver claims. He went to Jacksonville. So, you know, that was the only other one. Everybody else, we kind of knew, hey, these guys definitely aren't making the team. Hopefully they come back on the practice squad. But, it, there really was no big surprises. Colquitt was, he's going to Minnesota, so he landed in a great spot. Um, and, of course, the Valves going to Jacksonville, so that's another potential playoff team. But none of the other ones were really shocking. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I you could make an argument just about for everybody uh, that was cut. Um, I, I was shocked to see uh, Trevon Coley got cut. Um uh, but uh, I thought he was somebody that played well last year, played well in the preseason this year. But, you know, he just caught up, got caught up in a numbers game. Um, you know, same for a couple other uh, players as well, uh, kind of like Braxton Miller. Um, but, you know, it, it's a hard business. And, and like I said earlier in the episode, when you're debating those last uh, few spots on the roster, uh, you're in a good place. And I think this Browns team is in a very good place uh, to have some good success this season, uh, give us some really quality football, some exciting football. And, you know, we're, we're on to the Tennessee Titans. Uh, you know, we, we got a, a week until that game, and hopefully uh, seven days from now we're celebrating our first win and we're well on the road to um, – potentially making the postseason for the first time since 2002. Jack, before we get out of here, did I miss anything? You did, because right when we started recording, we got a mailbag question. Well, see, that's not my fault. I I did not know that. That was not in our prepared stuff. Uh, So go ahead and uh, lay out the the mailbag question, and we'll uh, we'll cover that and then get it on out of here. All right. Well, shout out to Terrence Randolph uh, at Big Town underscore Brown on Twitter. He hosts the Absolute Ten and Six podcast over on Dogs by Nature. So shout out to Terrence. 
Um, he put O-line outside of Batonio. Which one is worse? 1999, which was the expansion team, or 2019? Now, I had to go back and look up the 1999 offensive line because, first of all, it's been 20 years. Some of us forget. So I went back and looked it up, and not, it was— Not to mention I was only eight years old. Then. Yeah, that, and that, I was— That's kind of relevant. <laughs> and I was six going on seven. So, But uh, the offensive line in 1999 was Lomas Brown, Jim Pine, Dave Wallaba, Scott Rayberg, and Orlando Brown. Now, he said take Batonio out, but, I mean, we're going to go ahead and call it what it is. Would you rather have that offensive line, or would you rather have Greg Robinson, Batonio, Treader, let's say Eric Cush, and Chris Hubbard? So would you go 99 or 2019? Um, based on what we saw last year and based on uh, the quarterback play uh, that we have, I'm okay with this line. Um, you know, I think Baker could make almost any O-line work. Um, I think Treader is extremely talented, uh, and he's someone that they need to uh, get an extension worked out immediately. Um, he needs to be on this football team long-term. Uh, obviously, you had Joel Batonio in there. Um, uh, Chris Hubbard, you know, gets a bad rap, but uh, I would say he's average at best, and um, when you look at the, the pace that Tim Couch got killed uh, that first year, I don't think this this 2019 Browns O-line is going to give up near uh, as many pressures as that one did back in 1999. So I would have to say that uh, clearly this current one is much better, and I would rather have um, this one than that one. Plus, if Tim Couch had... This offensive line 20 years ago, uh, I think that things in history would be a lot different. I definitely agree. I mean, I went back and looked. uh, Lomas Brown was a seven-time Pro Bowler, and he was on the backside of his career at that point. Everybody else wasn't that good. Orlando Brown was okay, but he wasn't anything spectacular. And, of course, he didn't last that whole season. We had the incident with the penalty flag, but – yeah, like you said, Tim Couch got killed because of that offensive line and, you know, ruined his reputation across the league. But, you know, us in Cleveland get it, and he's actually now become a beloved Brown again. Um, but, yeah, I'd take 2019 just because of what we've seen out of them last year and uh, the fact that Baker's able to get the ball out quickly and the offense is designed around that. So I'm definitely going 2019 over 99 as well. Uh, if you had to put a sack number on Baker Mayfield this year, how many times he would be sacked? What number would you put that at? I will go, we'll say 20, I will say 30. 30? I was going to say 25, but I'll go 30. So, so, so that's so, two a game? Yeah, so almost two a game. Yeah. Just for reference, Tim Couch was sacked 56 times in 15 games in 1999. So... I think that uh, this whole line is much better than that one, and I think we'll be okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. Uh, as we get on here, uh, Jack, go ahead and promote what you got. And, uh, you know, if you want to tease what we got coming up this week, uh, you can go ahead and do that too. 
As always, follow me on Twitter at jmccurrycle. Check out bigplay.com. I am the Saints beat writer over there and also have a lot of content uh, across the sports landscape. Uh, Wrote about Justin Verlander's no-hitter. Wrote about Justin Fields' debut with Ohio State, so go check those out. Um, As for this week, we're obviously going to preview the upcoming season. We're going to preview this week's game against the Titans. I'm sure we'll have some other stuff as well, you know, previewing not only the Brown season, but across the NFL, uh, the entire NFL will make our predictions as to who's going to win the Super Bowl, what the Browns record is going to be. So definitely stay tuned to the 1085 Gridiron podcast and Anthony will tell you where you can find that podcast. As always, well, first I'll tell you where you can find me. You can find me on Twitter at Anthony Jokey, J-O-K-I. You'll find a podcast on Twitter and on Facebook at 1085 Gridiron. Be sure to follow the podcast uh, on, on those platforms. Um, you can listen to us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Google Play. Uh, we absolutely appreciate all of you guys that listen to us uh, every week. Um, you know, we may not be the best Browns podcast, but I think we do a pretty good job. And we, we really want to thank you guys for listening to us uh, for the past two years, and this is going on year three. Um, you know, it, it's funny. Our, our podcast has kind of taken a path of, um, you know, year one was really rough. Year two, a little bit better. Year three, we expect to see a huge jump, and that's kind of what you expect from, like, a, a rookie draft pick. So uh, we're kind of following that same path, so hopefully – um, we're able to continue to improve, uh, put out better content for you guys, and uh, we got a lot coming for you this season. Um, we're pretty excited for all the different content that we're going to be putting out there, and uh, we got some good football coming our way, and I think that's what we're most excited about. Um, we'll definitely be back multiple times this week. Uh, be sure to keep your ears out for that one, and uh, most importantly, as we get on out of here, go Browns. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.